0: The pathetic real growth that has occurred as was the case during the Barrio years has occurred despite the damage done by those respective regimes the regime tells you the inflation reduction act was an inflation reduction act oh another lie thanks for playing welcome to the political party pooper playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking of ways to poop on empty-suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. If people can't eat, the rest is pointless. Episode 22, How Food Factors In Plus Immigration. I've been saying there are 10 major areas where we have to get our shit together to get through the next two decades with any kind of success. I lied. It's 11. We'll talk more about people who lie later. The topics are energy, crime, civility, education, maturity, economics, life skills, trades, immigration, and water. Today I'm adding food to the list but not for obvious reasons. I've already hit education, economics, and water. I may revisit education and economics before this series is finished. But for now, since I'm thinking of it today, let's talk about food. This is a fairly simple topic, so I may have time to bring in another topic before this episode is up. As many of you know, a great deal of this series is based on the work of Peter Zeihan. His book, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, is a must-read. If you don't read another book this year, if you haven't cracked a book in a decade, you must read this one, and my next one, and the one I'm serializing here, but I digress. In his book, Zahan details his view of what the world faces as populations age out, and the deglobalization that will follow in short order. The picture ain't pretty. A common theme throughout his thesis is this. Because of our geography, relatively healthy, young-ish population, and productive neighbors, the U.S. should get through this era in, a f- in fairly good shape compared to the rest of the world. I would agree with that IF. Caps bold, italicized. We had a stable, civil population, an honest government, and a truly free market fully functioning today. We don't. Today's topic is a prime example of the weaknesses we face that could put this country needlessly into a tailspin as the world comes unglued. When I started this series, I didn't see food as a major concern. But as I thought about it further, I realized that many of the stupid things we do in the agriculture arena, if permitted to continue, will negate some or all of the advantages we should have. Keep in mind that we still import lots of food to this country. We export, too. But that is a matter of abundance in specific food subgroups. When the existing world trade and production system begins to break down, certain foods will become rather scarce, far more scarce than they should be. If we didn't have an overbloated central government peopled by dipshits, I wouldn't worry, but we do. They are intentionally making the production of food difficult to ward off local, potential, theoretical problems at the cost of creating huge, real, national problems. Because of their restrictions on natural gas, fertilizers are extremely expensive. When farmers complained about this, they were told not to worry. The government is going to set the new lower standard for how much fertilizer you can use. Without such Maoist interference from the nanny state, yields are already dropping across the country. The government is going to see to it they drop further, in the name of making your life better. The fact is, we should already be doing two things regarding our veggies. We should be goosing yield as quickly as possible, and growing more varieties in anticipation of losing many from the international market. Even some of those will go away for a very long time since we can't grow them here. But at least we can widen our own variety of grain and vegetables. Second, in order to facilitate those varieties, we need to stop putting food in our gas tanks. You've heard me talk about this before. By subsidizing ethanol, much of our farmland has been plowed under for the production of corn. This makes the gas you buy more expensive, causes the cost of the abandoned produce to be more expensive, scorches your cylinders and your engine, and decreases mileage, defeating the intended purpose of less pollution. The political whores know all of this, but they can't let go of the subsidy. It keeps money from farmers' associations and PACs coming into their own pockets, or into their campaign funds. There's a footnote on that in the text. They are intentionally damaging our food production for a pointless but lucrative exercise that helps no one. So no more food in the gas tanks. Write your representatives, state and local, now. I'll have more on this when I cover energy specifically. That will be a multi-episodic event. And it's not just the veggies. The DC Stalinists are actively destroying our beef and pork industries through onerous regulations. We should be swimming in beef and pork, but as was announced by the Davos WEF cult, present owners of most of our government, beef will be permitted as an occasional treat for the masses. Only wealthy people, them, will be able to afford it after they finish crushing the industry you will be permitted to eat all the bugs the plants they own can produce. And for the record, yes, I do believe the destruction of our meat processing plants and the deaths of so many cows and pigs and chickens stinks to high heaven. For example, we were told last month that 18,000 cows died in an explosion at a dairy farm. 18,000. Did the explosion kill them? If so, just how large was that tactical nuke? Did the fire kill them? and not the guy they pulled out alive? If it was the fire how long were these animals allowed to cook? That's a lot of big animals and last year it seemed like every other month we were hearing about yet another fire at a processing plant so there's that. Then there's the fish I saw an ad on TV about whales and dolphins beaching themselves in great numbers. The idiotic upshot of the commercial was that the sea mammals were beaching themselves because of climate change. It's pure propaganda. It is 180 degrees from the truth. Whales and dolphins are beaching themselves in huge numbers right now. But it isn't because of climate change. It's because of the way the government and cronies are wasting your money in the oceans with worthless tinker toy ideas, which they pretend will fight climate change. For months, they've been sounding the East Coast, preparing to put wind turbines off the best beaches we have. Sea mammals caught between the sonar and the beach are running up on the beach to get away from the deafening, disorienting noise. I'll leave aside the uselessness and ugliness of stupid windmills again for when I discuss energy. Now we'll just stick to the impact they'll have on food. But we don't eat whales and dolphins, that's true. Those poor animals are suffering pointless deaths from what will kill off our East Coast fishing industry from New York to South Carolina. And they'll continue to kill themselves when the windmills are in place. But it will be the construction of these monstrosities that will disrupt prime fishing areas. What fish are not killed by the actual construction will move likely into international waters. They will move because of the massive construction that will take place over many years. They will stay away and mammals will continue to beach themselves because the windmills will impart their own noise into the water for as long as they're turning. The sea life will see these areas as danger zones for at least 25 years. That will be when the last of these wind pigs stops turning, because no one will overhaul or replace them. So years from now, our grandchildren will point to the derelicts and ask, Grandpa, what are those? And you can answer, oh, some useless shit the Biden administration left for us. Here's the upshot. Picture your favorite seafood restaurant at your favorite beach resort on the East Coast. I was at one last week. My sons and I and some friends went to Carmen's and Sea Isle. It's a fine place and a famous landmark. The majority of the menu is local catch, whatever is in season. Once construction starts on the useless pinwheels, there will be no meaningful fishing off the Jersey Shore. What fish survive the destruction will leave. Carmen's will have no point to continue to exist for many years, if ever again. This will be the case in town after town for 650 miles. More than that, if you follow the contours of the coast. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Every person who benefits from the seafood industry, both as consumers and providers, processing, packaging, transporting, uh, equipment suppliers, retailers, and countless other ripple effect businesses that surround seafood facilities, small and large, will suffer needlessly. The industry will be destroyed on the East Coast. Food is the keystone issue. Of all the pieces of our lives this series addresses, food is king. Without it and in abundance, all other problems become pointless issues. People will start dying needlessly. If Peter Zahan is correct about the collapse of the Chinese economy, the demographic meltdown, uh, the transportation disruptions, and much, much more, Food will become a dicey deal everywhere. Mathematically, I don't see that as a big if. Zahaz says he doesn't see a major problem here for the reasons I mentioned earlier. But in the last several decades, we have become masters at wasting time and resources on stupid pursuits. Our government is notorious for doing exactly the opposite of what should be done. While ruining every sector of the economy they can, energy, labor, lending, savings, and more, they're using Orwellian and Randian nonsense to destroy our food supply. If we don't loosen the screws on natural gas now and allow the fertilizer industry to recover before before things come unraveled, then all the rest of this list we're covering won't matter. If the regime continues to trash our fisheries with wind tinker toys, the whole sector of life on the East Coast will disappear. We can have a civil, educated, non-gender psychotic society. If that society can't eat, it still goes in the crapper, along with civility, education, and gender, and the rest of the list. All the points work together and must be brought into working order now. So my question is, as always, how long will you let this continue? Whether we speak of just the food issue or the whole list, how long will you allow it to go on? Email your representatives, state and federal. Troll their social media. Badger them into action now before things get desperate. By the time the first idiotic wind pig blights the eastern shore, by the time the farming sector starts to die, it will be too late for letters and emails. Things will get extreme and angry, quickly. Here's how the big food scam will work, or is working. In the Netherlands, quoting the Davos WEF cult as the author of the bullshit, the government spoke of how they should tell the farmers how to farm and distribute the food based on race and social status of the recipients. The scam was played out elsewhere, for example Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka has ceased to exist as a country as a direct result. The takeover and denial of proper amounts of fertilizer is being touted as the answer to climate change. At the same time, the cult is preaching that the coming food shortages will be caused by CCGW. This is a lie, of course. We haven't gotten to the stage of extended growing seasons from climate change or global warming. If that actually happens, it will still be a long time before, say, the Iberian Peninsula turns into a desert. The certain food disruptions will come. It's already starting to come from falling demographics and deglobalization. Any quote answer that is created by the government slash Davos cult will be a total mess. Our international food sector will operate with the quality and efficiency of a Soviet car company. That's not even a maybe. That is a mathematical certainty. The reason Davos and the WEF is pursuing this is to further control you. They see what I see. They see what Zihan sees. And they want to cash in on it. That's why China and Bill Gates are buying up swaths of farmland in North America. They'll game the market, they'll decide what is grown, and the cult will control distribution, period. Our food, our labor, will be doled out to the world, the rest of the Davos domain. The absolute result in this country will be diminished incentives to farm and produce maximum results. This will result in less food being created and more starvation around the world. The free market is the answer. To defeat these cultists, states, municipalities, and farms need to band together and ignore the new EPA and Department of Agriculture policies. They make them up every other month. And work with the energy sector privately to establish a strong market for natural gas-supported fertilizer. Let not the lies exist through me. That's from Solzhenitsyn now this is a subject near and dear to my heart I like to make sawdust it's one of my favorite things in the world I have been working in a wood shop for over 40 years now Um, my first project was a dining room table it was the ugliest thing you ever saw in your life it was a big piece of plywood with the little legs that you screw in the bottom, a little bit of cheap trim, and what was supposed to be cherry stain. It, it turned out to be this ugly orange table. And when you put a jug of milk on it, everybody had to wait for the table to stop wobbling before they could eat again. It was awful. But, and I've said this to people before, who, have, who people all the way way back when who saw that table... If I had never built that table, I never would have built a bedroom set for my son, Ken. And I never would have built a four-poster black walnut bed for Phil. And Pat wouldn't have gotten his living room set. These are all things that came out really good that I built later because I stuck with it. But the learning curve was brutal. All my drawings were in my head. Uh, Anything that was on paper looked like cave drawings that only i would understand so i came across a program that i wish i had seen a long time ago ted's woodworking resources it includes 16000 plans i've seen people who would sell plans for say adirondack chairs for 10 bucks 20 bucks worth it if you can if you can get a plan for an Adiran- adirondack chair for 20 bucks and do it the way the plan says you do it. You can make those things and make a lot of money. Or you can make a lot of gifts. You can decorate your lawn. To to pay a few bucks for a set of plans is fine. This is 16,000 plans. And i, I got to tell you, I, I would have paid them for the free stuff. It's going to take me forever and a day just to get through the free stuff. Because there's things I want to build already in there. Uh, Lynette needs a new chair to sit and read on when she sits outside. Her wicker chair is destroyed. So just going with the freebies is great. And you get the 16,000 plans along with the program. So I would definitely, if you're a woodworker and you want to bring the joy back, just just making the sawdust, ripping through the tools, getting the job done and getting that satisfaction you definitely need to check out Ted's Woodworking. I would absolutely highly recommend it. I'll leave a button or a link in the text below the audio or video line. Okay, immigration. I'm about to find out who among my readership are liars. We have some time. The podcasts usually run between 40 minutes to an hour. I try to give you lots to cover during your commute, your run, or walk, or whatever it is you do while listening. The government told you Obamacare would make medicine more affordable for everyone. They said you could keep your doctor. Those are lies, factually false and intentionally so. The present puppet show called the Biden administration repeatedly says they, the administration, have created 10 million new jobs. Sometimes they say 7 million, no matter, both are lies. We're about 250,000 jobs above pre-COVID levels. The rest have been people returning to work after a one or two year vacation. The pathetic real growth that has occurred, as was the case during the Barrio years, has occurred despite the damage done by those respective regimes. The regime tells you the Inflation Reduction Act was an inflation reduction act. Oh, another lie. Thanks for playing. The crony boondoggle, known as the IRA, that's retarded legislation, not the terrorist group, threw a few subsidies out there for some connected sectors. That is not an anti-inflationary action. It is the opposite. Paying for part of an end user's costs in a chosen sector is not fighting inflation. The direct effect will be more inflation. The rest of the crony boondoggle will splashing trillions more dollars into the pockets of people who will pretend to fight climate change with the stupid machines we discussed in the previous segment. They won't work as advertised, not even close. I've demonstrated why before, and will do so again later in this series. And the crony climate, quote, fixers will pocket the lion's share of the money, your fucking money, for themselves. So yeah, inflation reduction, a lie too. I'll do one more whopper before moving on to the immigration lies. In January of this year, son of a mobbed-up union boss, Richard Trumka Jr., made a truth poopy. He said the Consumer Product Safety Commission was considering banning gas stoves. Alarm bells went off everywhere. Uh, Brandon's press bimbo read from her binder that there were no plans to ban gas stoves. Then, New York banned natural gas stoves in new construction or renovations. Then, Brandon's goons banned a whole slew of new gas stoves, but not all of them was their response to charges of lying again. But they will eventually get rid of all the gas stoves. By banning the ones most people can afford, they know they will see a massive decline in the use of the stoves as time goes by. This will lower demand on national gas to an unserviceable level. When demand sinks low enough, the valves are shut and no more gas goes to those households. But they're not banning All of them. Don't be silly. I'll leave aside the obtuse stupidity of the regime not considering having multiple methods of cooking and heating in all neighborhoods when, say, the lights go out for a long time. You'll need wood stoves, natural gas, propane, electric from generators, wherever it can be found and shared. And there will be many times in many places where the lights will go out for a very long time in the near future. I touched on that in a previous post, Time is Not Our Friend, and we'll say more on that later. If you follow the White House Twitter feed, you will find that several times daily they blast out another falsehood. And I'm not talking Trumpy kind of lies, mostly silly exaggerations. I'm talking about lies that, when believed, shift power. These daily lies, with five minutes of effort, can be immediately debunked. And you don't have to go to Fox or Newsmax to do it. A search through the AP or New York Times will usually do the trick. If you are the least aware of your world and still believe any of the above bullshit, you'll buy the next one too. So why continue to be a sucker? I demonstrated all those lies to ask why people believe the government on immigration. After two years and more than five million known illegals, strolling across our southern border from all over the world, we continue to hear from Alejandro Mayorkas that the border is not open. He thinks he's being slick with that. Note he doesn't say the border is closed. He's stupid and elitist enough to think that you are stupid. That you'll think, well, it's not open, so the millions of illegals must not be the regime's fault. If you do, Poofy Al is right. You are stupid. Our southern border ceased to exist in all but name in January of 2021. The only bottleneck was the theater of pretending to process, that's in quotes, the hordes streaming across and Title 42. The border now doesn't exist, even as a fig leaf. People hired to defend that border now serve as clerks and nursemaids to these ungrateful asylum seekers. Except for tiny holes being plugged by the Texas National Guard, there is no border. But Mallorca still lies and says the border is not open. Now there will be people, even people reading this post right now, who will defend the lie. Anyone who would do that is a liar themselves. Whether they're just lying to themselves or lying to all of us, they're still liars there is a very specific mistake we're making at the worst possible time in our history. It isn't that we're taking on immigrants, it's that we're taking on the wrong kind of immigrants. And no douche, I don't mean Hispanic when I say that. Remember, the illegals we have violating our borders are not just from Latin American countries, they're from all over the world. They are using this route because they saw clearly that the regime was cooperating with the cartels to import as many people and drugs as possible. We'll get to the why on that later. Before we get to the fix, let me talk about the justification the liars have used for years to let every prick looking for a pay raise cross the Rio Grande. It's the existing law. I think sometime this week I'll knock over a bank or a liquor store. I have the perfect justification. The existing laws are broken. They don't give me the things I want. So I must do as I please and get what I want. If you dare tell me I can't or, heaven forbid, arrest me, you're a racist. You're backward. You don't care about my rights. Pro-legal jagoffs want things, too. A pay raise, that would be the illegals. Cheaper labor, government cronies. Or blue votes, that's the regime. They want these things and can't get them under existing law. Therefore, according to them, existing law is broken. Because they know they don't have a valid argument to actually change the law to allow for a border rush. They simply ignore existing law. As a bonus, the regime kills more people with fentanyl every year than we lost in 11 years in Vietnam. Yes, yes. The regime is actively facilitating the movement of drugs and people across our border illegally. Our government is killing Americans, us, by the trainload every week. So why the immigration scam? The first answer is obvious. We have a government that lets people flock across the border, either unchecked, which means they simply refuse parole, and are allowed to go anywhere they want, or checked, they accept parole, are given a court date years hence that they will not show up for. No one is stopped unless it's a really slow day and they catch a few thousand pieces of shit who are coming through with the hordes of terrorists, rapists, murderers, etc. Most of them stroll through unmolested. We have a government that stands by while states allow illegals to vote. And they file suit against states that enact ID laws. They also keep pushing for fast-track citizenship for every swinging dick that comes across. How much more naked can it be? These are millions of future Democrats. I'm not saying Hispanics and Haitians and Chinese and Ukrainians are automatically Democrat. The educated ones, usually legal immigrants, are certainly not liberal. But of the millions flooding in, the only thing they know about America is one party gives them stuff. So they'll vote to get more stuff. Real immigrants are smart and mostly right-wing. The illegal hordes are not. They don't understand representative government as laid out in the Constitution. But then, neither does the average American citizen. So yeah, by adding an estimated 8 or 9 million known to the mix will mean votes for the donkey. The second reason for the immigration scam is a little more nuanced. It's a shiny object to keep you from noticing boring stuff like crop yields, failing windmills and solar cells, chai continuing to buy up America, while lining political pockets, the swing toward digital currency in progress, the bug factory in Canada where you'll be forced to get some of your protein through the manipulation of your digital currency and the destruction of our beef and pork industries. There's another footnote on that in the text. When was the last news story you saw about large wind farms affecting the movement of surface winds? And, oh, killing birds, lots and lots of birds, and big ones. Finally, they are teeing up the attended racial, ethnic, and economic unrest This human flood is primarily intended to foster. That will give them yet another excuse to gather power because we just can't have unrest from these white supremacists. Mommy government will take more control of the streets. Ta da! The case for smart cities, high tech prisons. The solution? Don't participate. States and municipalities need to declare themselves the opposite of sanctuaries for illegals. No hiring of illegals. No selling homes to illegals. No renting to illegals. No driver's licenses for illegals. No school for illegals. If you want those things, go to New York or LA or Chicago. Not Normalville. Thanks for visiting the P4B. Please make liberal use of all the buttons and links that support the podcast and help it grow. Send inquiries to Productions at gmail.com.